Namaskar. This is Akhilesh Bhargav. Welcome to Tidbits on Business and Finance with me. Every major economy of the world faces an economic crisis today. It has been due to two primary reasons, which is the COVID-driven slowdown and now the imminent recession on the cards due to the prolonged war in Ukraine. The crisis has altered the perception and standing of many an economy, realizing that those which had earlier appeared to be robust and strong are not really so and will thus not be able to weather the present crisis unscathed. The economies of the entire EU nations appear weak today. So does that of the UK, which is struggling to remain afloat. So does that of China, reeling under a massive real estate slump. And so does that of the recession-ridden US, whose economy is presently propped up by its dollar monopoly. It was not that all was rock-solid and hunky-dory with all these nations before COVID struck. If the global economy looked rocking and roaring during the pre-COVID times, then it was primarily due to a debt-funded growth, which had to end someday. A debt-funded party, after all, cannot go on forever. The foundation of the global economy was thus anyway not strong in the run-up to the COVID crisis, which hit the world in March 2020. Global growth and trade had been slowing down before that, mainly because of the US-led geopolitical friction with China and its long-term adverse repercussions worldwide. The Indian economy too was slowing during this period. It was sluggish and weakened, having reached a multi-year low of 3.5% in its GDP growth in March 2020. Thus, while in the pre-COVID era, the surface looked calm, however, the undercurrents of the global economy were weak, such that it was in no good a shape to handle an economic crisis, particularly a prolonged one, which COVID has turned out to be. Therefore, when the COVID pandemic hit the world, its lockdowns and disruptions brought global trade and growth in consumer demand to a grinding halt. It came to a slowdown in a major way. There was actually an overall dip of $3 trillion in the global GDP in 2020. Global trade fell and due to the shrinking economic activity, many nations were soon on the brink of a recession. During the COVID lockdowns and closures, supply suffered. So did production, so did livelihood, so did household income and consumer demand, such that nations needed to provide subsidies and direct financial aid for the sheer survival of their households and businesses, which would have otherwise collapsed. Financial support and subsidies were inevitable in order to support the COVID-hit common man, whose income, whose employment, livelihood had vanished amidst the COVID lockdowns, shutdowns and the widespread fatalities. India was no exception. India also had to pump in aid and support, the most notable being the free food grains to over 80 crore Indians and the six-month moratorium to postpone loan repayment. The COVID crisis had disrupted the Indian economy also in as much as that jobs were lost, businesses were closed and we had the shocking migrant labor crisis. 
India's fiscal deficit shot up due to these unprecedented measures emptying its treasury to that extent. So, even we had our challenges and we needed to fund in order to ensure that the common man is able to weather this crisis. This global pumping in of financial aid into the economy to support the COVID-afflicted households and businesses, particularly led by the US, which pumped in hundreds of billions of dollars into its economy by way of aid and grants, resulted in an enormous amount of funds floating in the global economy. That fueled inflation and it inflated asset values in global markets. The interest rate cuts by the US and others, including Buy India during that time, seeking to revive their COVID-beaten economies, only spiraled inflation further and it failed to stop the unfolding recession, much as they thought that interest rate cuts would help to beat recession. Such massive infusion of funds to support the COVID-ridden nations with languishing consumer demand was akin to fiscal steroids whose side effects were inevitable. The net result thus was inflation, a dip in demand, a recession, an empty government treasury and excess money supply sloshing the world, dangerously inflating asset values. It was not just that the US the UK, Japan, etc. suffered, but so did China, a victim of its own diplomatic friction and its massive lockdowns under its zero-COVID tolerance policy. If the COVID pandemic was a crisis, then the ensuing Ukraine war was a much bigger economic calamity which few nations were in a position to battle. It hit global growth and trade. It caused huge supply disruptions and seeded and fueled inflation and an economic slowdown, if not a recession worldwide. The US is in a recession today, so is the UK, and so are many EU nations in reality, and China's growth too has hit a 30-year low. It has been a combined impact of the COVID slowdowns and the Ukraine crisis. In order to combat ballooning inflation, countries were thus forced to effect interest rate hikes, which inherently is anti-growth. Many major economies today are in recession or are headed into it. The slowdown in the economy and inflation is yet to peak, thus implying that we are perhaps yet to see the worst. At such times, due to its inherent demand arising from its huge young population, India remains the only major economy showing signs of a pickup in growth and is expected to clock a growth rate of about 7% during this fiscal year. It is the fastest growing global economy today and India is expected to be so in the years to come. While it is too early to say whether India's current growth rate is a sustainable one or it is just due to a low base effect, yet the likes of McKinsey, Goldman Sachs and others think that India is on the threshold of long-term economic growth and that it will be the next engine of global growth. They say that India's time has come and it is time for all to be in India and to not miss the bus. It is perhaps due to such major upheavals and downturn in most major economies and the predicted continued slowdown and boycott of China and the instability that it is causing in the world trade 
and world GDP that India has been witnessing a continuing surge in its incoming foreign investment by way of FDI, which is foreign direct investment. India's Ministry of Commerce and Industry recently claimed that India is on track to attract FDI of $100 billion in the current fiscal on the back of the economic reforms and greater ease of doing business as it claims. In the matter of the incoming FDI, the ministry then says that India received FDI of $84 billion in financial year 2022, which is the highest ever so far. It says that annual FDI has doubled in 2022 as compared to 2015, as the Make in India initiative to boost manufacturing completes eight years of its rollout by the Modi government. The FDI in 2022 came from 101 countries and it was invested across India in 57 business and industry sectors. The ministry, however, says that FDI inflows in the quarter ended June 2022 dipped by 6% as compared to the earlier year. It is, however, confident that FDI inflows will surpass $100 billion during this financial year. The ministry then said that to attract foreign investment, the government has put in place a liberal and transparent policy wherein most sectors are open to FDI under the automatic route. It finally says that reform measures include liberalization of guidelines and regulations to reduce unnecessary compliance burden, lowering costs and enhancing the ease of doing business in India, which are now showing a favorable impact on the incoming FDI. While the government's claims of ease of doing business and reduction of compliance burden remain a matter of debate, the fact, however, is that the government has certainly been proactive in seeking foreign investment in India, with many of its senior ministers articulating India as an attractive investment destination and exhorting foreign investors to invest here. It all coincides with a consistent increase in FDI inflows year after year, which is commendable. But then, it is too early to say whether a truly long-term trend of rising FDI inflows has indeed set in and that foreign investors are finally convinced that India is the most attractive investment destination worldwide. Or is it that the rising FDI today that we are seeing is due to mere short-term factors at play which will go away some point of time? The incoming FDI due to the government's PLI scheme, which has a sunset clause, is certainly due to short-term factors and so is that due to investors presently coming to India, unnerved by the present uncertainty and instability in the global economy, which too shall pass away. Such short-term kind of investments tend to be temporary and fickle and they get repatriated back to along with profits, royalty, etc. The FDI to us will indeed be a sustainable and long-term one if we, if we see tons of it coming in long-term sectors like infrastructure and core sector manufacturing industries. And also, if we see an exodus of relocation of manufacturing units from China to India, which we are truly yet to see, despite many MNCs now actively pursuing a policy of China plus one or a policy of exit from China. 
That's maybe because investors are not yet fully convinced of ease of doing business and ease of earning in India, as the government may like to claim. We still have a long way to go there. The growth in FDI, as we said, is commendable. But then also be let's be mindful of what the total figures can be. If India received FDI of $84 billion last year, in the case of US, the figure was $333 billion last year. And in the case of China, it was $181 billion. The scope remains. India still needs to get its act together. And we sincerely hope that we will soon see sustainable, long-term, rising and big inflows of FDI continuing to come into India year after year. This is Akhilesh Bhargav signing off till we meet again. Namaskar. Now be the first to know about the latest updates on our new news app. Go on your Android or iOS, search for HW News Network. Download our app, choose the language you prefer to get updates in and be up to date with the latest news.